wherever you were last this past week, it would have been difficult to have missed the, uh, the birthday celebration of our, of our country, whether you were in a campground up in North Carolina or at watching the fireworks at Meeks Park Wednesday night. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the, the, the fireworks, the banners, the signs, the celebrations. Um, what a joyous celebration of what, 242 years, right? 242 years is the country's birthday. Isn't that right? I think, I think that's right. However, with freedoms uh, comes great responsibilities. I, I remember this back in the ancient days now, but when you get a certain age in life, you look back and people, you say, I remember and people say, oh Lord, here he goes again. <clears throat> but I remember when, when we were in eighth grade, mandatory, every eighth grade student in Union County had to take a civics course, U.S. government. Uh, and and it, was, it was powerful. I think every, I still, I wish every student in, in the United States had to do that. But we learned about the, the functions and the different branches of our government, how government works, and about our freedoms. And, I, and, and one of the things I'll never forget out of that course was the, the emphasis was upon for every freedom, for every right that we enjoyed as free citizens came with it a responsibility, a great responsibility. And they, they went hand in hand. Wow. Well, our nation and other free peoples of history have learned that that's true. And some of those lessons that were learned were learned through hardships and even through tragic circumstances that with those freedoms came great responsibilities. And surely... Uh, I appreciate Pastor Bill and the freedoms that we enjoy as, uh, as citizens of this country are a blessing from God. They, they, they're just a blessing. What concerns me is a couple of things. One is that today in, in this country where we enjoy a tremendous amount of freedoms and uh, liberties is that there are still millions and millions of people that are living in slavery. Now, the sad part is often they don't know it. Sometimes I think it'd be better to have chains and shackles on and know that we were enslaved than to live and wonder what's wrong when we're enslaved to, to self and when we're enslaved to society, trying to do what everybody else is doing or thinks we should do, or whether we live enslaved to sin and to sin's master, Satan. Well, last week as I was enjoying our time, and it really was, and, and I was really looking, thinking about and praying about this today. And thinking I was really wanting to go into Matthew 18. And uh, uh, before we left to go camping, Pastor Jeff had done a devotion in staff meetings on, <clears throat> from Matthew 18. And he just got me all excited. So I was, I was re raring to go. And it's like the Lord kept, had me on a leash. <clears throat> and he kept pulling back and said, no, no, no. Because the Lord had laid on my heart this phrase. He said, you're the freedoms. But after freedom, what next? After freedom, what next? Now, it was in uh, 93, I was privileged to, to be with a few people from the church, and we got to visit our sister church in, in, uh, in Russia. And it was, it, there, the people there are just, some of the, the, the country had opened up a, uh, a great deal, but it was just in the early days of that, their freedoms that they were enjoying that they had never experienced before. And I remember being there, and the people were, were many of the people were, uh, didn't know what to do. 
They had, all they had known all their lives was communism. And the, and the government controlled everything, told them where they were going to work, if they were going to work, how much they were going to make, how much they could make, and, 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 and basically ordered their lives pretty much. And now they had this, this freedoms and they didn't know what to do with those freedoms. Wow. Now, this morning, I want to talk about freedom. What next? But I don't want to talk about that in the context of, of the freedoms we enjoy as Americans, but the freedoms that we enjoy as Christians. And whether you live in the United States of America, or whether you live in Africa, or whether you live in Ireland, or whether you live in uh, Haiti, or whether you, I'm convinced whether you live in Iran, Iraq, or North Korea, God has called us to liberty. Long before Columbus ever put his foot on a ship and sailed across the ocean, and I was trying, what is that? In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean's blue. Yeah, long before that, and surely hundreds of years even before that, men gathered together and, and wrote out a declaration declaring that these 13 colonies were going to be free and independent states. Long before that, God had called men and women to live in freedom. In Galatians, and I know Pastor Bill, I was able to watch his message on our website and enjoy that. And I know he went to Galatians. I want you to join me there again in Galatians chapter 5 because I want to I uh, springboard off of verse 13, 14, and 15 uh, again this morning. And I've asked Craig to put this in the New Living uh, because I just love the way it's, it's, it's worded. <clears throat> it says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, instead, <laughs> that did sound, instead, <laughs> instead, instead of, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Wearsby said that the Christian is to live as a free man. He's free from the guilt of sin through the forgiveness of Christ. I thought about that. Free from the guilt of sin. He's free from the penalty of sin because Christ died on the cross for our sins, paying that debt. And he is free, Wearsby said, through the Holy Spirit, he is free from the power of sin in his daily life. Now, I remember preaching through Romans, and very clear in Romans 3, 4, 5, and 6, and 7 and 8, is that through Christ, he offers us this freedom uh, from the penalty of sin, from the power of sin. And ultimately, one day, uh, Romans 8 talks about that, our bodies are groaning now for that freedom from the very presence of sin when the Lord returns. But we're called to live in this freedom. Christ is calling us to live in this freedom. And this freedom, it's important to know that it comes from him. John chapter 8, there's, there's a few verses here that we, we would be wise to heed. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples 
if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, look, I remember in the late 70s, at least once a week and oftentimes twice a week, I was on the campus of San Francisco State University and of City College in San Francisco. And there at, uh, I think I told the early, early service at San Francisco State, but it's actually City College in San Francisco in front of the administration building. On top of the administration building are these words, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And it didn't have, it didn't have where it was found. And I used to love standing out there and, and starting conversations with people. And I would say, look, do you, know, do you know who said this? Where did that saying come from? And I think of all the times that I were there, I think no one ever knew, ever knew. They said, well, I guess from the founders of the school. And I loved it when I would say, no, Jesus Christ made this statement. And they were like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, who is he? No, but it was, it, was, it was great to know. Jesus says to those who believe in him, if you continue in his words, his word is truth, and we will know that truth, and that truth will set us free. And I think uh, uh, the King James says you'll be free indeed. Romans, a, few, a little bit later on, and I think it's verse 41 or 34, skips over and he says uh, this, John 8, 34. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. For if the son sets you free, you're free indeed. You're truly free. So the freedom that, that Paul wrote about, wrote about, that Christ is calling us to himself for forgiveness of sin, so that we can live and, and, and free from that guilt, free from that penalty, free from that power of sin in our lives, no matter where we live here on this earth. That freedom, real freedom, comes through Christ. And so the question then this morning is, so as we are living as free people, it starts with our conversion. It starts when we come to Christ and ask him to come into our lives and forgive us of our sins. And it's lived out as Christ lives through us. We saw in verse 13, uh, year of Galatians chapter five, our mission. He says, for brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh but by love, serve one another. I, I, we've got it in, uh, in New Living, but I read it in King James again because I, I want you to see there's a word in the King James that's very, very, I think to me, I, I love it. And that's, that's the word occasion. Only this freedom that we have is not to be used as an occasion. Occasion is a military word. And it's a word that's used like for base camp. Okay, for base camp, it's a, it's a word they use to describe where we operate out of, where we do our missions out of, but we always come back to. And so what Paul is saying to us there in Galatians in this is that our freedom was never meant ever. The freedoms we enjoy in Christ was never meant to be used as a springboard for doing what we want to do. Whether we're talking about civil uh, freedoms or political freedoms as, as citizens of a, of a country, 
or whether we're talking about freedoms we have in Christ as Christians. It's always alarming. It's always so sad for me. And I know it grieves the heart of our Father. When I, when I, when I see people like they were, in, 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 like many were after the fall of communism there in, in, the, in the early 90s, free and not knowing what to do with their liberty. And, 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 and if, we, if we don't know what to do, then the tendency is we gravitate to doing what we want to do. And when we as individuals do what we want to do and use our freedoms to do what we want to do, the end is always tragic. One of the most uh, tragic things, I think, to, to, for me to see in my years is, uh, is to see people that have had the opportunity and the privilege to live, could have lived for the Lord, but they've lived for themselves. And they've tried to grab all the gusto they could while they went around. And at the end, to have them look up and say, where did I miss it? Where did I miss it? The world has promised all these things. I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. My life mostly is gone now. Why? Where did I miss? Is this all living is? If you read the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, we read about a man who, uh, Solomon, as he wrote this, and, 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 and Ecclesiastes is about him grasping for significance, grasping for success, grasping for status, grasping for happiness in all the things of the world. And he had the wherewithal to do with. He had the money. He said, I, I bought anything I saw that I wanted, I could buy. Now, I know that would spoil me, but I could try it for a week, couldn't you? I mean, I... Yeah. But he did. He said, I, he said I, I, bought, I did that. Anything my heart desired. He said, I, I looked and anything I wanted to pursue, I pursued it. And as he's doing that, the, he keeps saying, and it's all emptiness. King James says it's vanity. It's emptiness. Where was the fulfillment? And as you read Ecclesiastes, you dare not stop reading before the conclusion. Before the, because the conclusion, he says, but to sum up the whole matter, he's saying, but listen, to sum up life, and you read it, read the conclusion. Don't dare leave it because we have been called in this liberty, but the liberty is never to be used as a springboard for doing what we want to do. Instead, we have been called to love one another, to serve one another, But by love, serve one another. This is the word, and the word here is the word agape. Now, I love that. I, I love it. It's, it is a self-sacrificing kind of love that seeks the best for the other person, no matter what the cost to yourself. And Paul says that uh, the Holy Spirit is reminding him that the freedoms that we have been given in Christ are freedoms that are that are complete as we then willingly serve one another, serving Christ and serving others. And, and, and that in that, I believe, is where believers in the Lord Jesus Christ will find their greatest fulfillment 
and joy that life has to offer is in serving one another through love. Now, that's our call. That's our mission in, uh, in verse 13. Uh, that's our mission, but there is a model for us. Our, our better word today, I guess, I, I, I'm always about five or ten years behind, uh, behind the style, you know, and I just keep saving things. They come around. But I think the word today is mentor, or it used to be mentor. A mentor is a person that comes alongside another. Usually, it doesn't have to be, but a lot of times it's an older person with a younger person. And they, they walk with them. They go through experiences with, with them so that they can learn from their experiences. Well, Christ has mentored what a life of, and freedom lived serving others looks like. He's our mentor. Let's look at this. In John chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus said, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me. Look at this. Not to do my own will. Folks, for believers and for Christians, the, di- the time that God has given you, the help that you have, whether you're, I know, and I know we're at all degrees, some of us in here, some of you are, are young, you have no aches and pains, and you, again, this is awesome. Others of us have got a few miles on us, and the audiometer is showing, right? And there's aches and pains. Uh, no matter of our age, no matter of where we are in, our, in life, no matter where we are socioeconomically, financially, uh, wherever that, you know, where we are on that, that scale, or if we're not even on the scale yet, our lives are not meant for us to choose and to live the way we want to. Scripture is very plain about that. Scripture talks about Romans, talks a lot about uh, that giving our lives as a sacrifice. So the freedoms that we have in Christ, I believe that Jesus, as he modeled for us, they're, they're, they're not meant so that we can do what we want to, but this freedom is so that we can do the will of our Father. Lovingly serve one another. I want you to go with me to John chapter 13. We're going to close out the service, the sermon this morning. I'm going to close out the sermon, Lord willing. In John chapter 13. And in John chapter 13 is, uh, is one of my... I love this story. I love this model. I, I'm the kind of guy, I, and you know this, I've told you a lot of times, if I read something in a manual now, I used to put model cars together and I could follow that pretty much. Uh, as, as our kids got little and we bought these, these uh, kitchen sets, the closest, one of the closest times we ever, I started to say ever came to a divorce, but it's probably the closest Barbie ever came to killing me. She told me one time, she said, she said I'll, I'll never divorce you, but, but I don't know about murder. That's true. That's true. And, and she told me that. She said, I know I could get forgiveness for that. But, but one of those times that we came the closest was one Christmas Eve. And the kids had gone to bed, and we had this, this kitchen set that was even so simple a kid could put together, supposedly. And we worked on that thing till after Santa, after Santa Claus done come, eat his cookies, drunk his milk, and left. You know what I mean? It was late. And, uh, and it wasn't going together. I think there was pieces left out. I don't know, but, but it was rough. But all these, you know, putting these pieces together in our lives, 
I, 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 I can read stuff, but if I watch somebody do something, that's how I learn better. I'll just learn better if I can watch somebody do it. Show me, show me how to do that, and let me watch you a couple times, and I might can do it. Well, I'm glad for, for those of us that have difficulty like that, we have a model in Jesus Christ, especially of how this living this life and lovingly serving one another is to be done out, is to be lived out. Look in verse, I'm on, I've really asked for verse 3 and verse 4, but let me, let me give you the setting in this in John 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Oh, that's powerful. Verse 2, and supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Verse 3, and I think... Verse 3 and verse 4, verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he rises from supper, lays aside his garment, and took a towel and girded himself. Now, you know what happened next, right? What happened next? He washed his disciples' feet. This is, a, this is the last, this is a Passover. It's the last meal with his disciples. And it's, it's in this uh, verse, what do we do that now that, we've, that we have this freedom? Well, we don't do what we want to do. Jesus never come to do what he wanted to do, but to do the will of his Father. So we are free to willingly and lovingly serve like Jesus. And how did he serve? Well, because of, of, of and I think this is, this is, the, this is the jewel this is the, the, the nugget here. Verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. And, and there's a scripture that says that he, is, that he has given to us freely all things that we might enjoy. He's given us forgiveness. He's given us uh, acceptance in the Father. He's given us uh, his Holy Spirit to, to empower and to direct and to guide. And he's given us all things. Jesus said, verse 3 says, Knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, he knew he was who he was. He knew his identity. Once we know who we are in Christ, then we have nothing that we have to prove to anyone else because we have been wholly, deeply, and completely loved and accepted by him. Jesus knowing all that is given, given to him by the Father and where he came from and where he was going, okay? Then, I think that's so powerful and I think it's, it's, it's so unique. We can't miss verse three because verse four says, says, so, so what? So knowing all this, knowing who he was, knowing what he was called to do, so Jesus then gets up, takes off his robe and puts a towel on and begins to wash his disciples' feet. Now, as you look at that, you know that, that washing the feet would have been a, the job of, of a servant or a slave. They would normally have been at the door, and when the, when the uh, people came in, they would have taken off their sandals, and they would have washed the dust or the grime or the filth of the road off their feet and dried them, and they would have went on in. But this night, there was no servant there that the disciples saw, and Jesus had a, had a lesson he was going to teach. And it's one of the lessons, if you, as you read this account, 
there's a lot of things that happen. Remember Jesus saying to Peter, Peter said, no, I don't want you to do that to me. And Jesus said, man, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you know, you won't have any part of me. And Peter said, well, just give me a bath. You know, how about not on my feet, but my ears, behind my ears, get that spot. I mean, everywhere, just wash me. But after he washes, and I can, I can imagine, I bet it was quiet as a mouse in that upper room as it began to sink in to every one of these men around that table. When Jesus came to them, and all you could hear was a splash of the water, and maybe, maybe Jesus was whispering, maybe he was whispering to each one, we don't know. John, I'm doing this. This is the reason I'm doing this is because I love you. I don't know. But I imagine it was so quiet. After he finished, remember he goes back over, he takes, and he puts his garments back on. And, and one of the few times, then Jesus says, do you know what I've done? Do you know what I've done? He didn't want them to miss this. We dare not miss this. This is the reason of the liberty. This is the reason of the freedoms that we enjoy in Christ. And it's not to be missed. He said, if I, being your, your master, have washed your feet, then you need to wash one another's feet. What was he saying? He's saying, I'm free to serve you in love, to be your slave, to be your servant, because I know who I am. I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going. In Christ, you're completely accepted and loved if he is your Savior. Now, if you've never trusted him as Lord and Savior this morning, he's more than just a somebody to know about. The number of people that I stood in front of City College Administration Building and began to explain that, and, and, and a few a few found Christ right there, accepted Christ, listened to a man that would utter these words and wanted to know about this freedom, this truth. What truth? That would really set us free. But the majority just shook their head in amazement and wonder and thought, well, maybe that was, that was a good, that was, he was a good man and he said this. If I saw all Jesus says to you this morning and you're here and you're saying, well, he's a good man and these are good words, pretty good ideals. No, they're more than that. They're words of life, and they're words to live life by. So if you've never trusted him as Savior this morning, I would invite you to give your heart to him. I'd invite you to just say, Lord, I, I need you. I'm coming to you. And if you know him and you walk with him, let me tell you, the mission is clear. The model has been given. The mentor is there to guide us and lead us. And so we can live each day in anticipation of looking, Cal, looking for those opportunities that are going to come for us to serve Christ. One of the things that, that Barbie and I are learning, God's been so patient with us, but one of the things that we're learning, and, and we were talking about, we were able to do on this trip, is, is just pray and say, Lord, uh, let us, let, us be a, let us be aware of what you're doing and let us be aware of the opportunities that come our way. I'm going to sum it up that way. Uh, so, that we, so, that we, so that people see you in what we do and what we say. 
Now, I just want to tell you, you say, so that's, that's, so you're saying that you're there? No, I, that's, we, we've been there. We've seen that. I want to be there. I'm not there all the time. I want to be because it's when we're there, completely yielded to him, serving one another, that we find the greatest fulfillment and the greatest joy. So if you're here as a Christian, a lot of you this week, you aren't going to lay aside your garment and put on a towel. You're going to go and put on, some of you are going to go and put on an apron. And you're going to wash dishes. Or you're going to cook food. Or if you're Mike Richards, you may be throwing bread to campers this week. Uh, you're going to be serving. And, you're, and, and, and it's in that serving that you're going to say, man, that was fun. That was fun. But let me just tell you, and, we want, and we've got opportunity before us. Man, it's, uh, somebody, we're talking to Jeff earlier. Somebody said, are you ready? And I said, hey, don't ask him that because it's like that old game. Remember you used to play and we say, ready or not, here I come. Okay, ready or not, here we come. But it's great privilege. And as a church, you get behind that. You got the prayer change. All these are gone. Now, in the foyer, you put them on there. In the foyer is next week's. Please, empty those offering place of the, of, the, of the bands in the foyer, put them on, and it's just a reminder. It's a great reminder. It makes it easy for those of us that may not be prayer warriors to learn to pray more. Wash, I was washing, I was actually washing my hands this morning, and I looked, I said, okay, Lord, I'm praying for Harley. You know, I got this bracelet. You can do that. How many times you can do that? We make it easy so that you too, so that we're involved in serving one another. Nothing could you do more serving than praying for. Lord, here's a, here's a boy or here's a girl. Don't know which one, maybe, uh, that's coming to camp. Don't know any of the circumstances, but you know everything about them. You know where they came from. You know where they're going back to. And you know what they need to find this week in you. Wow. Live each day in anticipation of grabbing those opportunities. And it don't end with camp. For the believer... Every day can be that. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you didn't just set us free to wander around and try to find what we're supposed to do with these freedoms that you've given us. Whether they're freedoms as citizens of this country, but more important, that the freedoms that we have in Christ, no matter where we live. But that with that freedom, you gave us a great mission. And that mission was to go and serve Go and serve one another in love. And you modeled that. You mentored that for us. Lord, and in and, and, and many ways, but surely none more clear than that night in the upper room when you just became servant of all by washing their feet. So, Father, whether it's in our house, whether it's on the job, whether it's volunteering this week, and Lord, there's probably going to be opportunities, something's going to happen and somebody's going to have to go to a cleaning closet and they're going to have to get a cleaning cart and maybe a plunger. And what follows that? Lord, you know. Lord, help us to look and see opportunities. And when it comes to those dirty jobs, not to say, well, somebody else will take care of that. But help us say, Lord, let me do that for you. I get to do that for you. Lord, whether we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, whether we serve, we do it as unto you. May you be pleased. Now, Father, I want to take just a moment for 
those that are here this morning that have never trusted Christ as their Savior. And Lord, that maybe they've, maybe they've just tried to approach this whole thing about Christ and church and this religious stuff from the standpoint of like we'd learn stuff at school. We just learn about you. Oh, dear Lord Jesus, how frustrating that can be. Because we hear people telling stories. We see people seemingly going through difficult times and still smiling. And we wonder if it's real, Father, until they've tasted the forgiveness and the relationship through your son Jesus. It'll never be real. So my prayer is right now for those young people, for that lady, for that gentleman, that this morning your Holy Spirit is speaking to them and saying it's time, it's time that you trusted me. Not just learning more about me. You've heard enough. Now it's either time to trust or to walk away. And God's calling you to freedom. Will you accept his freedom? If that's you, would you just pray and say, God, into my heart, come. I'm tired of being a slave to self. I'm tired of trying to find that which I seem like I can never hang on to. And Lord, I'm giving everything to you. Because the pastor and others are saying that's true happiness is found in you. God, take, take me. Forgive me. Make my life what you want. Father, as, as, that's, as they pray, as they pray it right now, Lord Jesus, come into those hearts. Forgive their sin. Let your Holy Spirit come to dwell and to confirm, to reaffirm who they are in you. 